0: you would please turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 19 is what we are looking at. And actually today we will conclude the concerns of a true pastor, concerns of a true pastor. If you would please follow in the reading of the word. The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with all perseverance by signs and wonders and miracles For in what respect were you treated as inferior to the rest of the churches, except that I myself did not become a burden to you? Forgive me this wrong. Here, for this third time, I am ready to come to you, and I will not be a burden to you. For I do not seek what is yours, but you. For children are not responsible to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. I will most gladly spend and be expended for your souls. If I love you more, am I to be loved less? But be that it may, I did not burden you myself. Nevertheless, crafty fellow that I am, I took you in by deceit. Certainly, I have not taken advantage of you through any of those whom I have sent to you, have I? I urged Titus to go, and I sent the brother with him. Titus did not take advantage of you, did he? Did we not conduct ourselves in the same spirit and walk in the same steps? All of this time, you have been thinking that we are defending ourselves to you? Actually, it is inside of God that we are speaking in Christ, and all for your upbuilding, beloved. Father, help us to see this and understand this. This is a strange day in a strange age, and yet we seem to be living in Corinth. Father, I I ask for your mercy. I ask for your strength. I ask you to pour your blessings upon us that we may stand in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that you will strengthen each of us in the inner man. So that, Father, we may know the depth and the height of the love that Christ has for us. And that, Father, we can watch You do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we could ever dream or imagine. For all of us, Lord, let us bow before You, the author and the finisher of our faith. To You, my King, to my Lord, my Savior, and Christ, and Christ alone. Amen. This is the sixth message in this. And it's like I said, we will finish this section up. We are still in the context of what is spiritual war. And one of the things about spiritual war is looking at the pastor. It's, it's kind of amazing in this day and age what I see being promoted as pastors. And some of them don't even hide it anymore. I mean, it used to be a deceptive thing. But it, it, but it isn't that way. That one guy, I think he's out of Atlanta, told the church that if everybody gave him $100, he could get a new jet. Well, that doesn't seem deceptive. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I don't understand that. And so in this section, Paul is again coming back, having to defend his credit, his character, his integrity. Okay, Because what had happened is, and the term that they use in the original language is these super apostles came in. And they were saying that Paul was not an apostle. Okay, and yet, if you look, he makes the statement there in 12, the signs of a true apostle were performed among you with all perseverance. I did basically signs, wonders, and miracles. Signs is just what it sounds like, pointing to something. All right? And wonders is the awe of it. Okay, and I validated it by miracles. All right, And, 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 and and I watched people even butcher that. And 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 you hear people, uh, you hear people today. It, it's it, they don't even talk about the Bible. They carry a Bible around. I remember one time I was at a very big church, huge sucker. Okay, and the guy walked around and he had a, had a great big stage. I mean, you, you could probably get a workout just going from side to side. But he's wandering around on it, and he had his Bible in his hand. Okay, and it, and a big Bible, big, big Bible, and it flopped over his wrist, and he's walking around with it, and he was teaching on the Harry Chaffin song, Cats in the Cradle, and the Silver Spoon. And I thought, well, lay the book down. You don't need that. Okay? And, 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 and I thought, well, hey, you know, and everybody, they give up, and they applaud him. And I'm sitting there going, oh, He didn't even sing the song. If he'd have sang the song, yeah, right on, brother. But, but that's the kind of stuff that I see today. And, and listen, the tragedy is, I bet there were 20,000 people there. And, yeah, this guy told me about a Harry Chaffin song. Hallelujah. Okay. But that's the norm. That goes on here in Castle Rock. You have great storytellers. Okay. And I don't, let, I like it. I remember hearing a preacher one time and I don't know what text he taught on, but he told me that the end of the message was, get up, you bum from Rocky. And that's what I remember from the message. I'm like, well, that ought to help me. You know, get up, you bum. So that's how I use it in my counseling business. Get up, you bum. It worked for him. And and you just whatever. So you can look you know what, it doesn't take a, a a rocket scientist to spend a little time with a person and you can tell what they're concerned about. Okay? You can take this and apply it to any believer. But it should be crucial to a person who has oversight over the flock of God. All right? But you could go through this on a, you know, Paul did it with all perseverance. See, that's faithfulness. If you're ministering because you're expecting a response, you're doing it wrong. You minister... With all perseverance because it's just like that letter I read from Vladislav. You do that because that's where God wants to see you. That's his phrase. That's pretty cool if you think about it. God wants to see me doing this right here. Okay? He didn't tell me that, oh, and there'll be tens of thousands of people who will be moved by your ministry. That ain't what he says. Be faithful with perseverance. The other thing is, is that... Are you concerned about sacrifice? Okay. And, and he, he does this in, a, in an amazing way. That um, verse 14. I do not seek what is yours, but you. Okay. For a parent is not responsible to save up for their kids. He says, I would be gladly spend and be expended for you. All right. Now, that's the heart of a shepherd. I don't care what anybody says. They're not in it for the money. They're not in it to sell books. They're not in it for video series. They're not in it for to travel. None of that is happening. I am willing to be spent for you. All right? I'm not in it for what you can give me. That's what the Apostle Paul is telling the Corinthians. It ain't about me. It is about you. And and I look around so often and you don't see that in the body of Christ. It's almost like a non-existent entity. You know, people come to church for what they can get. Okay? The, the, the common model today in the evangelical church is I need to get as many butts and chairs, as many chairs as I can so I can hire more ministers to minister to all of the butts in the chairs. Okay, now the only issue with that is that's not biblical. God says if you're saved, you are a minister. All right. You have something that the world desperately needs. I was in Ohio, and they're getting ready to vote on legalizing marijuana. Of course, everybody found out where I was from and wanted to know how it was going. And I said, I don't know. (laughs) Okay? And they're all excited about it. I was like, yeah, you're going to be excited about it. I said, you know what? We still have a problem in our state. They said, what's that? I said, employers can drug test you. And if you test positive, guess what? You lose your job. But you could recreate. Okay. So, you know, it's, I guess we call that unintended consequences. But I, I share this stuff and I'm sitting there going, really? That's our goal Let's legalize pot. Well, yeah, there you go. We'll all be happy then. Okay, no, you'll just be slow. Okay? That's what I read. But anyway, see, this is the stuff that I, that I listen to. And, you know, I, I know a con- churches right now here in Castle Rock are going to have a, uh, what do they call it, seminar on how to deal with our people now that they can get stoned. And they said, were well, you coming? No. Why? I already know how to deal with my people if they're getting stoned. And they said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to send them to your church. There's <laughs> <It's> no problem. <coughs> Out of sight? Out of mind. The pastor should be sacrificing for his people. Giving of himself. Being spent and expended. He also is concerned with honesty. Why? He has to give an account before the Lord. He has to give an account before the Lord. He didn't take advantage of you. And he said Titus was walking the same way he was. And he said, see, look, these are the fruit of my labors. What you see in me, you will see in these who labor with me. And it's an honesty. Honesty. It's, we are here for you. We are here to strengthen you. Then there's also reverence. Verse 19, first part of 19. Um, do not think that we are defending ourselves. Uh, it is in the sight of God that we are speaking in Christ. And I give you the illustration when I preached before Dr. Olford. He was nervous about it and the lady says, you know, you preach in front of Christ every Sunday. That's true. It's true. Anytime you share your faith with another person, You're doing it before Christ. Christ is your witness. Okay. Everything you should do in life, whether it is work, whether it is eating, whether it is drinking, you should do for Christ. Okay. How are you doing with that? All right. Everything you do, you do unto Christ. Why? Because let me ask you a question. Where do you think you can hide from him? You ever thought about that? And yet some of us act like, well, he won't see this. Okay? Right. Sure he won't. Okay? Until he makes a surprise appearance. Hi! Remember me? All right? These are the things that I want you to think about. And I want to conclude with this last concern. The concern for edification. Concern for edification. The end of verse 19. All for your upbuilding, beloved. Okay? Let me give you a quote. Now, when I wrote this quote down, I put WC. Now, I don't know um, if that's Winston Churchill or WC Fields. Okay? Uh, as you can see, I have a variance in my readings. Okay? But I'll give you the quote and you can figure out whether it's Winston Churchill or WC Fields. Men stumble over the truth from time to time, but most pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing happened. Okay. Thy word is truth. A true pastor. True pastor, understanding he's faithful in all perseverance, he's going to keep going. He's willing to sacrifice himself, a true pastor. Okay? He's worried about the honesty because the Lord's watching and has placed him wherever he is. And he has a reverence for the Lord because he knows he's going to have to give an account. All right? In light of that, he should be doing what God demands him to do. And you know what that is? Your sanctification, your edification. The word edification means you're strengthening. You're strengthening. See, I watch a lot of people who find the pastor to be sort of like their hero, uh, but I don't really want to change. I'm just following him. Okay? That's not a good pastor. A good pastor wants you to be able to stand on your own, wants you to be able to defend your beliefs biblically. That's why we come to church. You shouldn't come to church to hear. Get up, you bum. I hear a guy bust on his wife. And, you know, you know, his wife wasn't there because he says God created makeup for my wife. I'm not sure that's a compliment. OK, and but I guess you can do that if she's not listening. But how do you strengthen somebody like that? A true pastor has a re- an overwhelming concern for building up the church, edifying it. Paul's goal in everything that he did in relation to this Corinthian church was for its strengthening. You've got to remember, this is the fourth letter. We only have two. We don't have the first one. We have the second one. Then there was a letter in between called the severe letter. And then we have this one. Okay, so it is obvious that this man has a passion for these people. I mean, when he says with all perseverance, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like he was sending an email. I mean, somebody had to deliver this note. And he was in Ephesus, and there's a huge body of water between Corinth and Ephesus. They call it the Mediterranean. Okay, so either somebody's swimming, boating, or taking a long walk up through the Greek belly to get this letter to these people. Paul's concern, Paul's goal, ministering to these people and defending his character, his integrity, is to strengthen them. He's not strengthening himself, he is strengthening the Corinthian believers and Matthew's gospel, chapter 16, verse 18 on this stone, I will build my. Church and the gates of Haiti can't stop it. OK, I want you to remember that from there. OK, keep that verse. We, we, we know that one. Just hang into that. The natural question that comes out about this since God was Paul's judge. I mean, he understood, and we we looked at this a couple of weeks ago, We that, you know what, Paul was not being judged. He could care less what the Corinthians said about him. He was concerned what the Lord said about him. All right? That was that reverence that he had for God. Why should he bother to defend himself if God is his judge? Okay? I mean... I have been here long enough now that I have taken many attacks. I've had a lot of people accuse me of a lot of things. Okay. It just, it comes with the territory, I guess. Okay. And my only defense all the time is one statement. Okay. Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit of the accuser. Look at the fruit of the one being accused. Just show me the fruit. Alright, it's that simple. Now, everybody says, well, no, no, it's that simple. A bad tree can't bear good fruit. That's biblical. Alright, so if it's bearing good fruit, then God must be involved in it. Huh? Look at the fruit. That seems simple enough. It seems like that is what Paul Paul could just write a real short letter. Compare the fruit. I didn't take money from you. I didn't want to be a burden to you. Compare the fruit. All they want is your money. Okay? For Paul, though, in this situation, if he is discredited, the Corinthians would not listen to him. If they do not listen to him, how are they going to be strengthened? See, this is what the false will always do. Let me discredit the truth teacher. For whatever. Just say something. You don't, it don't have to be true. Just say it. I mean, look at it. It's all around us now. Just say it. You know, the seriousness of the accusation. That's it. Well, there's no truth to it. Well, but still there was an accusation. Well, do you have any crickets? That's it? Just make an accusation? Well, he's got a beard. Uh, I can see that problem. Do you see? But that's what we do. I like to hug people. Okay? And I've had people say, well, you hug women. Okay? Okay? And, and and, you know, and if if it's a cute woman, everybody gets apoplectic. So I have to hug ugly women. And nobody bothers me. It's fine. You know, now everybody's going to say, I ain't hugging him. He'll think I'm ugly. (laughs) But I've had people who will try to get an allegiance that says, "Well, well, Terry hugs women. Wow. Shazam. But do you see what I'm trying to get at? That is so stupid. Why? Because if the man is bringing truth to bear, those who are false want to discredit him so you won't listen to truth. It's that simple. If they did not listen to him, they would not hear the truth of the word of God that he taught if they did not hear the word of God, they would not grow spiritually." You got that? I mean, do you understand that God empowers certain people with a supernatural ability to teach your soul? you ever think about that? That's almost mind-numbing if you think about it. God, through the person of the Spirit, takes that man's words and uses it in your soul so that you will be spiritually stronger. That's amazing to me. And yet, how many said in how many congregations it could give a flying flip about that? I came out today and I worshiped. Well, how do you know you worship? The music was rocking. Yo know, dude, I've seen Led Zeppelin. Okay? That was rocking. You know, I've seen the Grateful Dead too many times. All right? Th- really? That's it? That's your conclusion? This church I went to, they played Taylor Swift. Do you realize I have never heard Taylor Swift in my life except for in a church? And I, I'm not really sure what the point of it was. That's amazing to me. I've never listened to her. I could care less. She's got a gazillion followers or something, and I'm not one. And they they play well. That was Taylor Swift's song. Well, Shazam. I, I that what is that? Well, yeah, but that's that's how we worship. That's how you worship. Ain't how I worship. If they do not hear the word of God, they will not grow. Then he's got this wondrous, one of my favorite words in life at the end of verse 19 Beloved. It's a term of endearment, it's a term of passionate endearment. If you go read John's Gospel, and he talks about. I am the beloved of the Lord, and 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 that just spooked John. He's like, Man, I'm beloved by the Lord. Do you know God called me His beloved? And 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 it's uh, in that what is it? Song of Solomon. Don't they do it a lot in there? I stay away from that book. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but but don't they? Somebody acknowledge me. I guess you guys stay away from it too, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen it. <laughs> I read Lamentations. So anyway, Paul reminds the Corinthians that even in this grieving heartache that he's dealing with, he still loves them. These are Paul's children, spiritual children. Um, One of the things that I've learned as as I've grown, when you have little kids, they do some knothead stuff. Okay, I mean, just, you're sitting there going, well, you were thinking that through, huh? Uh, but uh when they get older, that's when they have the ability to hurt you. They can hurt you. But you know what? You still love them. Okay, when they're little, you kind of, you know, you kind of shepherd them along and all the rest of it. When they get older, that's when they have the potential to hurt you. okay. The apostle Paul understood this. These were his children. Spiritual children are the same way as natural children. Okay? They can hurt you. Okay? You think about all of, now I want you to think about this because I was pondering this deeply as I flew around America. You think about Paul's apostolic authority. I mean, he had the ability to do miracles. I mean, all kinds of miracles. He doesn't go into it. This guy had been to heaven and back. He was the only one who used a spiritual gift in an offensive way when he made the, the sorcerer blind. Okay? I mean, you know, because everyone wants a gift. I want that one. Okay? Boof! <laughs> Just give him the thing like this: three stooges. Okay? But... I, You think about this man was taught for three years in the desert by Christ Himself. Okay, now that's what you call tutoring. All right? All of this authority that He had, think about this. He was the apostle, He was the sent messenger of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Okay? This guy's got clout. Right? When it came to biblical knowledge... Oy! Yeah, he was only writing biblical knowledge. That is all. Okay? And you know what is amazing about all of this? He did not want to destroy them. But he could. I mean, he could bring a world of theology down around their ears... That would absolutely crush a person. And he didn't want to do that. He wanted to build them up, he wanted to strengthen them. In chapter 10, verse 8, I want you to remember what I just said, okay? Chapter 10, verse 8 For even if I boast somewhat further about our authority, okay, my apostolic authority, which the Lord gave to me for what? Building you up, not destroying you. How many times have I watched people with Bible knowledge destroying people? Okay, spiritual young men, there's spiritual... Infants, spiritual young men, and spiritual fathers. The ones that drive me batty are the spiritual young men. Because they go around bashing everybody with the Bible. Okay? Listen, Listen. let me get this off my chest right now. Lost people don't care what the Bible says. You can't hold them to that standard. Judgment begins with the house of the Lord. He'll take care of the lost. I've seen him. You can't bash people with Bible, And then you get a young infant. And you want to wad up a big old chunk of steak. And stick it in its neck. And wonder why it's choking. You don't do that. Spiritual fathers have got the theology. But they've got the faith to say. I will give you this much. And let's walk together. And it. I wish it was more complicated than that, but it's not. And Paul didn't want to destroy the Corinthians in chapter 13. We'll look at this again in a few weeks. Chapter 13, verse 10. For this reason, I'm writing these things while absent so that when present, I need not use severity in accordance with the authority which the Lord gave me for building up, not tearing down. Why is it we do that? We want to win every argument. And I want you to submit to my argument. And I want you to submit my argument right now because mine's biblical and I don't know what you're thinking. Well, that always strengthens people. Okay? Makes them want to do a little happy dance and think you're the best thing since sliced bread. But we do that. And you know what? We do it with the ones we love. We'll do it with our spouses. We'll do it with our kids. We'll do it with other believers. Why? Let me beat you up and tell you how smart I am biblically. I'm good in biblical trivia. Okay, But if you're really in spiritually, you're always looking to strengthen. You're not looking to tear down. The Corinthians were not Paul's judges. Did you know that? You know what's really bizarre? You guys ain't my judges either. Okay. Christ is our judge. We hold each other accountable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to close with a couple of thoughts because just cause. Out of the book of Hebrews, the writer in chapter 13 makes a couple of statements I want to I want you to think about this. Chapter 13, verse 7 through 9. Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away by varied or strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace Not by foods through, through which those who were so occupied were not benefited. Okay. How's come we never go hungry, but we never hunger for the word. Okay. Now that I told you that you are not my judge. The Corinthians were not Paul's judge, but I'll give you another verse, same chapter, verse 17. Obey your leaders, submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Did you get that? The leaders in the church, guess what? I hate this verse. It's not fair. If you'd let me pick out the ones I wanted to shepherd, I would understand. I don't get to pick out the ones I want to shepherd. He just brings them. Look what he says continues on. They will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable to you. Okay? This is the edification of the church. The true pastor understands that he is placed where, for a time, where he's at with the people he has now. Because that's what his Lord wants. He also understands that he will be expended for those people. He also understands that there is an honesty due because he is being watched by the true judge. He also understands that he has a reverence for he who sent him. Who put him in the place. Because his main concern was the main concern of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What? Your edification. Your edification. And do you know what edification? How it is done? By sanctification. You sanctify the members. That's the end game. Let me show you something here because I don't want you to miss out on this. Jesus' prayer in John 17, this is the actual Lord's Prayer. Verse 13, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word, And the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 17. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. That's the end game, brothers and sisters. That's it right there in a nutshell. Listen, I'm sharing you this because this is all part of spiritual war. Okay, they ain't a bunch of little green demons running around with pitchforks or any of that other stuff. The world hates us. The world hates the truth. Okay, just like the WC quote. Man stumbles on crook. Truth occasionally, he picks himself up quickly and hurries off because he doesn't want truth. He doesn't want truth. And yet, the only thing that will strengthen you guys on me is this book. Sanctify them with truth, edify them with truth. Your word is truth. The concern of a true pastor. Faithfulness, sacrifice, honesty, reverence, and edification. If and you know what, if you're looking for a church and you got find a guy's got two out of five or three out of five, run away. Because you got to have them all. You got to have them all. And you know, I, I tell people we've had some families who have moved uh, for job purposes to other places, and they say, you know, how how do I find a, a church? And I said. Go and see how they handle the word of God. That's all you have to do. Okay, and you can spot it really quick. You don't have to be a theologian to walk in here and say, well, these guys put a little more emphasis on the Bible, don't they? Why? Sanctify them with truth. Your word is truth. You know what? There's no plan B. That's the simplicity of it. It's really awesome if you think about it. I like it because I confuse easily. And I don't need to do a lot of things. I will do truth. Why? Imitate Paul's faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this amazing man. Father, um, yes, I understand that I must give an account for the souls that have been entrusted to me. Father, I also know I fall so short so often. Father, help me. Help me to grow that uh, with all faithfulness, sacrifice, and honesty and reverence, that I may strengthen these precious souls. Father, may I lift them up, holy and pure, unto the King of kings and Lord of lords, he who died for every one of us. To you, my Savior, my Lord, in Christ's name, amen.